know the why human trafficking work is needed to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation episode 147. And this week I'm continuing with Dr. Beth, except this week I really am focusing on her work in trauma-informed yoga. This is a really interesting topic to me because there's been some research, recent research, on the benefits of body work and trauma. And so there's this literature is really being built up, um, doesn't have a long history, but there has been some, some good studies and research and conversation about trauma-informed yoga and human trafficking survivors or survivors of domestic violence or survivors of sexual assault or child abuse. And so um, yoga, this form of yoga is not really about the poses and getting the poses right. It's really about helping survivors reconnect with their bodies while they're going through the poses. So yoga really engages the parasympathetic nervous system. And I act like I know what that is, but <laughs> in general, the nervous system. So when we do yoga, it's part of it is breath work or um, what people say pranayama or literally means life or breath was what prana uh, means and then yama means control. So controlling your breathing, taking deep breaths down from the diaphragm, and then having prolonged escalation, uh, uh, exhale, exhaling, <laughs> exhaling is what part of yoga is about, and that activates the parasympathetic nervous system, moving the body, they say, from a, a constant state of flight or fright um, to rest and digest type of state. It, it calms the limbic system, and that's the part of the brain that's responsible for flight or fight or freeze, and it moves the response to the prefrontal cortex, which is the decision-making center of the brain. So these type of uh, trauma-informed yoga helps to ground survivors, helps to center them, because a lot of times there's a mild to a severe dissociation um, from their bodies as a result of complex trauma. And they might not even be aware but they're aware that they're uncomfortable about these physical sensations or reactions that they might have. And, and it, it's difficult for them then to self-soothe or to self-regulate or emotionally regulate. So um, 
without this awareness, this mind-body connection, sometimes survivors can just exist on an autopilot and not really understand what's happening with them. And they avoid these intensely uncomfortable sensations. So yoga helps draw awareness back into your body and helps your feelings align with your physical sensations. And when you do this over and over and over, you start to feel more safe, more supported, more in control. And so um, it also helps survivors to build resilience. So when you're doing this breath work, when you're doing this grounding and this centering, as they call it, um, then you're strengthening and you're reinforcing your neurological pathways in the brain that build emotional resilience um, to trauma or to the triggers that you might be experiencing. When you do it over and over and over again, it becomes easier and you become more in control. So in that sense, yoga can be, this trauma-informed yoga can be empowering. Instead of survivors being stuck by paralyzing fear or helplessness or in the fight response, um, they can begin to control their own lives and begin to build a resilience um, and emotionally regulate what's happening. Once they have self-awareness, then they can start to master the postures that they have. They can start to build confidence in their own body and in their own self-image. Um, and therein experience more freedom, more control, more autonomy, because they're able to disrupt any power dynamics that are taking over their body that they don't exactly understand. So in this, these, this form of trauma, there are some guidelines, just general guidelines, and, and people who are certified trauma uh, yoga instructors follow these guidelines when they are engaged in trauma-informed yoga, and that's to ask the students what they want to accomplish um, out of these yoga sessions and, and to not give physical assistance. Meaning, you know, in yoga classes, sometimes they will touch you and help you get into the correct pose. In trauma-informed yoga, they don't do that. Um, in fact, uh, if you've been to a, a yoga class, you see the instructor walking around the room a lot. And if you see a trauma-informed class, that yoga instructor is more likely to stay on their mat because it can be nerve-wracking and it can off-center somebody who has suffered trauma when somebody's walking around the room, walking behind them, those types of things. And the fourth guideline is that it encourages body awareness and it encourages choice. So you choose to get in the positions and to accurately depict the positions or to work harder or to work less harder. Those are your choices. And then the fifth one is to really give the students the tools to begin to ground themselves. So when somebody starts to feel uncomfortable, you know, slowly encouraging them to focus on the feelings that they have and what their senses, what their physical sensations are, and to get them to connect 
with what they see at that particular time, what they feel, what they hear, what they smell, what they taste, getting them in touch with the five senses helps to reintegrate the body and the mind whenever they start to become disconnected. One of the things that you do in trauma-informed yoga, I learned, is that you want to create a, a safe space, want to create a supportive space. And you want, the goal is to help people emotionally regulate, to help them connect their breath to their body, to help them connect their physical sensations to their emotions, and to help them calm the mind and learn to tolerate these physical sensations. And so um, some of the yogas uh, that are trauma-informed can be called restorative yoga, it can become somatic yoga, and it really focuses on the effects of the nervous system. And so I thought I would talk about that this week because I wanted to pull that out of Dr. Beth's conversation because she uh, has done this for a very long time. And she's going to talk about that in part two of her session here. And I want you to remember that, you know, working to heal trauma, particularly complex trauma, is not always all about talk therapy. There's some recent studies, some recent conversations and dialogue about um, the mind-body connection and mindfulness and yoga and these alternative therapies that can be critically helpful to some survivors. So without further ado, here is my the rest of my conversation with Dr. Beth that focuses on trauma-informed yoga. Yeah. So, so the first time I ever did a yoga class, I was pregnant with my son and I was having this like so I didn't know at the time, um, but I'm, I'm hypermobile. Um, and so when I got pregnant with my son, I ended up with like all this pain and stuff. And so I started doing a yoga class and it was really the first time that I felt like I needed to take care of my body because I was pregnant. Um, and this awareness of, you know, the different parts of my body and and all of this that was brought on through yoga where you're, you know, you're focusing on your arm, you're, you know, and I just, with the trauma, I really hadn't felt connected to my body. Um, and, and that's still something that I struggle with, uh, with, with just sort of feeling like, you know, this is this, uh, meat suit that sometimes people want to take a chunk off of, right? Like that's, that's kind of how I felt about it at the time. And, um, and so, when I, I started doing yoga, I started getting awareness of this is my hand. This is my arm. This is my breast. This is my, um, you know, the, the pelvic area took a little bit longer to, to get connected to. And, um, because there had been a lot of very specific trauma there. And, um, but through yoga, I was really able to get that reconnection to my body. Um, and I did a yoga teacher training while I was a supervisor in child welfare, uh, right around the time that I had to have my first public floor reconstruction and, and hysterectomy. Um, I was 30, 29 or 30, um, when, when I did that yoga teacher training and, um, and I was doing it really because I needed something 
I was just, I was so triggered all the time. I, I, um, had just so much tension I was carrying around all the time. And I was, um, you know, I had a lot of panic attacks and night terrors and stuff. And so I tried using yoga for that. And it, it really helped me to feel okay being in my body. Um, and, and at that time I decided to go through a period of celibacy, um, for about three years, I was like, all right, I'm not, um, I'm going to really focus on this, this healing. Uh, and then that's what I did. And I, I did that for, I, I was celibate for three years and really focused on prayer and, and connection to my body. And, um, and then later really developed this sort of integrated, uh, idea of what, well, so while I was a supervisor, I was working with my staff for burnout prevention with yoga. Um, and then I essentially used that model for working with trafficking survivors. Uh, it was last summer, we did a, a kind of pilot run of, of that and doing trauma-informed yoga therapy looks a little bit different than just straight up yoga. You don't touch people. You um, There's a lot more sort of guiding language rather than directive language. Um, and really the, the vision is you're allowing that person space to be in their body, to be on their mat um, and, and helping them to build awareness. And when they feel tension and when they feel uncomfortable, giving them the time and the space to say, okay, you can pull back from that if you don't feel good, right? Like I can't even tell you how many yoga classes I've gone to where I just felt angry the whole time. Um, so, you know, because in our bodies, we hold this tension, we hold trauma. Um, and, and so you really do need to allow people the space for their own process and, and trauma informed yoga therapy, if done right, uh, which really does need a clinician to manage the mental health and crisis stuff and a yoga teacher to be sure you don't injure yourself and, and know what you're doing. Um, and so those two things, uh, together allow a, a practitioner to guide somebody who's experiencing trauma through their own body. And when stuff comes up, you have the opportunity to debrief afterwards to talk it through if they, if they want to say like, Oh, this stuff came up for me or how am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Name uh, any tension or, or things that came up through that process. So could it be as simple as, you know, I'm doing a pose and something flashes in my mind or a feeling I get really angry if I have to bend over or do a certain pose that reminds me of some victimization in the past. What do I do in that moment with that anger? What would you, how would you instruct or guide me? In terms of guiding somebody through a a negative feeling or, or, you know, feeling triggered um, first, you always want to have modifications and things that you can suggest somebody back off of a pose. Um, and, and get into your, into your breath um, and, and focus on that. Do some grounding uh, where you're maybe holding an object or you're feeling the ground and you're really trying to get the person to focus on the physical experience of something other than the, the triggering um, moment. Um, because if you get really tense and then you try to start talking about like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this traumatic thing, it actually reinforces that 
um, that trauma and, and the, and the tension part. So you want to try to get somebody calmed down before you ever start kind of talking through, um, the experience. So that's, um, you know, grounding techniques, whether it's breath work or, uh, more physical sensation kinds of grounding are, are good techniques for, for crisis management. And then over time, if I don't want to think about like my pelvic area or my legs or whatever, that I have the power not to do that. And I can introduce myself to that if I choose right Absolutely. over time. So Absolutely. how long does a, a trauma informed yoga therapy session usually at last? And how, how often do you recommend people do it? Uh, so it's about an hour. Um, I would say, you know, once or twice a week, depending on if, if folks are, but I, the groups I've done have been weekly and there are sort of eight week cycles. Um, but I think it's definitely one of those practices that can be helpful in the long term for folks to do. Um, I mean, it's obviously like it's gentle yoga, so it's not super exercisey, but there is exercise to it. Um, so you always want to have the option for modifications, whether you're doing poses on a chair or um, creating opportunities for, for folks to find a child's pose. Um, but it, it can be done for, I mean, as long as it is helpful to the, to the individual. And for me, that's something that I still do on the regular. I'll find days where, um, where I just really need to be mindful and, and I'll get in yoga poses. I will say that when I'm particularly activated in my trauma, um, or I've been up at night because I, I, I still get night terrors, um, pretty often. Um, I will not tend to do yoga on those days, um, because it's harder for me to sit still. Um, so I, I tend to want to do more like cardiovascular stuff when I'm feeling that level of activation. Uh, sometimes it can bring it down if I can get on the mat. Uh, so it, it just really depends, but I try to listen to my body to see where I'm at on a given day. And, um, yeah. And, but that's the thing It's like through going through these yoga, uh, groups, you learn to be able to listen to your body, to do that pulse check, right? Like, and that's the thing is that at the beginning of every day, I always try to take a little bit of time before I jump into my day to be like, okay, what am I feeling today? Where am I at? What do I need? And what different parts of me may need, right? Do I need a little bit more spiritual stuff today? Do I need time with my girlfriends and socialization? Do I just want to be home with my kids? Um, and so those, you know, those different pieces of myself, there may be days where like, I can't do a lot of work today um, or I can't do a specific kind of work today. Uh, so it just, it, it varies. Um, my happy place is like writing long reports and stuff. So I, I, that one is one that I do uh, a lot when I'm uh, feeling activated, but it, it just, you know, I, I think that knowing, getting to know yourself through the process of trauma-informed yoga, um, it can be really helpful for you to learn mind and body awareness. Now, are there uh, a certain number of poses that you do in that hour, or, or does it vary? It varies. It, it varies depending on the group. Um, you know, so I've, I've taught some 
groups of survivors that were super flexible and wanted to do all kinds of crazy inversions and stuff. And then other survivors that are um, more tense and, and limited mobility. And it just, um, you know, it, it varies depending on the group. Uh, I think that letting the group, and I mean, this is true with any group therapy, right? You want to know the dynamics of the group that you're working with. Um, and particularly, so since the Restoring Ivy Collective uh, is aiming to serve specifically pregnant parenting um, moms and postpartum, postpartum parents, that's uh, our, the modifications that you need to do for a yoga therapy group if somebody's pregnant or postpartum are going to be really specific to that group. Um, and, you know, same with senior citizens or people with um, mobility limitations. So it, it really will vary depending on the needs of the That was Dr. Beth talking about trauma-informed yoga and the importance of it. When you think about it, we hold trauma in our minds, in our hearts, and in our bodies. And she talked about having a clinician available to process with in case there is a crisis. So that's also a consideration. But I want you to think about infusing trauma-informed yoga into the work that you do with survivors. It could make a lot of difference in terms of them taking control back over their lives. So until next time, the fight continues. Let's not just do something, let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.